Hlu, Kai Hlu, Hedran Hlu. To what's this Dao all about? A lighthearted look at Taoism featuring Dr. Carl Totten and Todd Perry. Carl is the founder of the Taoist Institute in North Hollywood, California. Todd Perry knows a little about Taoism and is mainly here because he owns a few microphones. Now, let's learn what's this Dao all about. Everybody, welcome back to What's This Dow All About? My name is Todd Perry. With me is the great Dr. Carl Totten. Hello, all. And we are going to talk about happiness Ooh. on today's show. I've got a list of um, I found a, I found a list online of ways that uh, Lao Tzu advocates for people to be uh, happy. But I wanted to start off with uh, asking Dr. Totten here. Um, what, what do you What do you think is the Taoist perception on on, on Unhappiness is it a primary thing or and here's why I say this because everything in Taoism is kind of about cycles it's about things leaving and returning yes it's about uh, knowing how to find harmony and accept what we believe might be bad or, or unfortunate um, and you know it's about how every you know everything finds balance so the idea of a person attaining perfect happiness seems contrary to the idea if, if this is such an you know constantly in flux thing that we're trying to, to navigate, that mm-hmm. maybe happiness is a byproduct but not an overarching goal, mm-hmm. or maybe does it some something that comes from being in harmony? I don't know. Dr. Totten, you tell mm-hmm. me, what is the Taoist is perspective <laughs> on happiness? You know, I think that the... Search or pursuit of happiness can be a trap. <laughs> okay. Because I think too often if one sets a goal of, okay, it, if then, you know, if I am this or if I get that or if and when such and such is, is present, then I'll be happy. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Uh, see, that that's a trap. <laughs> so that's like an external locus of yeah. control or... Yes, and, 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 and uh, I think that type of thinking is going to probably lead to disappointment because when you reach this mythical state land of so-called happiness, since it, it was built out of lack... And we know that what Lao Tzu has said about right, have get, gaining and abundance, right? Uh, that that you know, th- there's this continual sense that it's never enough. You know that uh, you know we feel like we're somehow deficient, and so here we you know we've spent we've spent all this time and energy, maybe money, to get to some place that we call happy, happy land, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then we get there and we go. Is that all there is? Yeah. <laughs> you know, really? Yeah. This is it? You know. So I think that happiness. You know, I, I think a goal of a, a person who, from a Taoist informed position, 
is not so much happiness, because I think a happiness happens, like you said, it ebbs, it flows, it comes, it goes. It's not like a state of being. I am in this state of happiness now, and I'm going to just stay there. Because life is filled with ups and downs, like the seasons of the year, right? They come, they go, up and down. But as long as that is happening, this up and down, that becomes like a wave, forward momentum. So you're in the flow. And Taoism wants to do what? Go with the flow. Right, right. right. Be in the stream of life as it is continually moving to avoid stagnation because stagnation certainly is going to lead to unhappiness right you know because there's no movement and when there's no movement there's no opportunity to respond to things in a new and different way because guess what life is new and different every moment so maybe it's more about cultivating an attitude that happiness is a transient thing and to appreciate it when it's around, mm-hmm. and but when it's not there, uh, sometimes there's good reason to be upset. There's yes. there's good reason, and um, maybe that gives us a deeper something deeper than happiness, which might be a sense of peace. I, I or, agree. You know, I I, 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 some, I often say contentment. We want yeah. to be content. We want to have a sense of serenity, like you said, peace. Yeah, and 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 is peace. A, a pr- internal peace or even external peace is that something that's always there mm, no not, not typically yeah you know but if we have a process where we're c- continually growing and shifting and changing and adapting and kind of going with the flow i think we're going we have the um w- we have put into place the essential ingredients that will lead to states of peace, serenity, and even happiness at times. You know, whereas if we're, if we're shut down, if we're more rigid, if we're more controlling, if we're trying to grasp onto things and hold on to them, you know, that sometimes I say, you know, you can grasp onto something or someone so tightly that you kill them. Yeah. <laughs> or you yeah. kill it, right? Yeah. You know, oh, look at this beautiful little kitten or puppy. Let me grab it and hold it. And hold. Yeah, 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 you're hurting it. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? you know, and people feel trapped in relationships. People feel trapped in jobs. People feel trapped in marriages. People feel trapped in all sorts of ways. People feel trapped in their own minds. Yeah. People feel trapped in their own bodies. Yes. Right? Yes. And so, Avoiding the traps, you know, that would be the title of a good, a good book, right? The the Tao of not being trapped. <laughs> the, the Tao of trap avoidance. <laughs> the, the, the trapless Tao, yeah. <laughs> right? You know, learning how to navigate through life in, in a way that allows us to continually unfold, I, I think, is what Lao Tzu was um uh, was was the path that he was was blazing 2500 years ago yeah. so well well here is uh, according to life coach code they 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 broke out uh, some important passages from the Tao Te Ching and kind of broke it down in ways that uh, Lao Tzu was teaching us uh to mm. to be happy uh and the number one it was uh, listen to your heart mm-hmm. and saying uh, at the center of your being you have the answer you know who you are, and you know what you want. 
Listen to your heart. It holds the answers to your questions. Follow its voice. When you learn to listen to your heart, you overcome every challenge that may become, may come in your way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it resonates with my uh, heart meditation. Yes. You know, that uh, you know, we have available on the uh, website. Yes, uh, yes. What's this Dow.com? Uh, savor the journey. Now, this is very important. A good traveler has no fixed plans and is not intent on arriving. Mm. And that's, yes, enjoying the journey, enjoying the process. Yes. Enjoying, you know, and not, don't focus so much on the great reward that comes at the end. Uh, focus on the journey into attaining it. Yes. Um, and that's yeah. something, one of the most important lessons of Taoism. And as one is moving along the path, the original destination may become trivial at some point yeah. because now that you're over here, you see what's over there. <laughs> Something that you, we couldn't even have imagined where we when we first began uh, walking down that path. Yeah. It's yeah. like, as uh, Alan Watts says, the joy of uh, music is not getting to the end of the song. <laughs> right. It's right. following yeah. each note right. all the way through the progression. Savoring it all the way through. Absolutely. You know? Yes. Number three, live life in simplicity, patience, and compassion. Mm. And then again, they, they quote the uh, three treasures. Yes. Um, and they yes. say, try to live a simple life. When you look at it deeply, you'll find it's a straightforward reality. Complexity yields anger and frustration. Simplicity leads to what matters most. If you live simply, patiently, and compassionately, happiness will manifest itself in you. Yes. 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 And I, I, I find that, you know, I have overcomplicated my life, such as things end up being when you're <laughs> living the American dream. <laughs> and uh, who is it? It was a, the great Tim Conway Jr., who I used to work with uh, at, yes. at KLSX. And Tim Conway Jr. says, you know, man, because, you know, most people, most guys, he goes, I'll tell you why most guys get divorced. He says, they're just tired of all the crap. <laughs> so, you know, it's, you know they're, they're, they're tired of having all the stuff in the garage and having to call the gardener out because some plant died and having all this, you know, a guy just wants to sit back in his little apartment and have some beers and hang out. <laughs> he goes, that's, you know, and eventually you find yourself in this spot where you've got all these obligations and you've got plans you have to uphold you've got you know your wife wants things from you and he's like oh man you know lots of guys they still love their wife they just don't want all the complications anymore the Tao of conway yeah they just want something simple and you know there's some truth to that but uh this is a good one guard your tongue Mm-hmm. Those who know do not speak, and those who speak do not know. Straight from the doubt, AJ. And I think there, are, you know, the amount of times I've been mad at myself for saying something I shouldn't, it's probably ten times more than the amount I've been mad at myself for not saying anything. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. there's lots of times where I'm like, oh, I am so glad I did not react to that or did not <laughs> say what I really felt to that person last night. You got to pick your battles. Yes. And most, I think, oh, thank God I didn't uh, engage with that. <laughs> but there was one time, I will tell you this, there's one time recently where I was on a, I was on a party bus for a friend of mine, and he had a whole, there's a bunch of friends, that, friends of his that I did not know. And a woman said something to me that was so stupefying, I didn't respond. And the next day, I beat myself up the entire next day for not saying anything. I was just... I was sitting there, and there was a, another gal, and she happened to be a Caucasian like myself. 
and I was uh, I was discussing why I don't want to have a second child. I was just saying this is enough. And she, she got very mad at me mm. because um, she said we need more white babies. Oh. I swear to God, huh. and this woman said this, and it was like you know. You get like sucker punched where you just sit there and now, now she's just her mouth is moving and I'm sitting there. Did she just say we need more white babies to me? Did she feel, why did she feel that was okay? You know, even, you know, because sometimes people can think bad things but think, oh, I wouldn't say that in, or whatever. She actually said that to me and I was like, oh, my God. And, you know, it was a party bus, so I had a few drinks or whatever. I just remember like, and I think they let off at the next stop and I was just like dumbfounded. And I didn't say anything to the gal the next day about how inappropriate or wrong or just like try to pick her brain about why she thought, you know, or why I look like somebody that would accept that message. <laughs> and I just sat there and I wanted to kill myself. But that was one of the times. Uh, and I think it was because I was kind of so focused. It was because the Tao was teaching of like not arguing with people and everything mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that I was trying to not be coerced into fighting with people or whatever. You know, one of the things that I have said is that you know, when when someone is um, awake, you really don't have to say or explain much to them. They'll figure it out or they'll go learn it. They'll, they'll look it up, you know. On the other hand, when someone is asleep, when someone is unconscious, you can't say anything to them. They don't mm. want to hear it. Yeah, yeah. They, they don't have ears. yeah. You know, they don't have ears to hear the truth. Uh, they have purposely removed their ears because yeah. they think they know it all. Yeah. You know? Well, they say that the old saying, you can't reason somebody out of a belief that they didn't reason themselves into no, in the first place. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, so they say, what's the old saying? Don't suffer fools. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, know, um, you know, so, yeah, so... Again, this goes back to I think to you know moderation and allowing things to find their own level. Yes, let things find their own level, because someone who's that far out on a limb, there's there's no place probably where you can come that's going to pull them off that limb. Yes, yes. Yeah, what are you going to say? Oh, that's inappropriate. That's Racist, that's whatever. Yeah. You know, they, they can't hear you. We already have too many white people. That's what I should have said. <laughs> you know. <laughs> too many crackers around here anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not having any more kids. <laughs> uh, you know, we're, we're, we're all on this little, this pale blue dot together. Yes. Spinning around the galaxy. Yeah. Trying to stay alive and thrive without killing ourselves. <laughs> well, you know, there's there's one one thing um, from, you know, trying not to argue with people or, you know, I've, I've found that sometimes when someone says something I, I think is inappropriate or wrong or whatever, instead of arguing or whatever, I find that sometimes you can give somebody a look that says it all and you don't have to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, not not a mean look, or but like a you know where are you coming from mm-hmm. kind of look, mm-hmm. and I think that's a a powerful way to address someone being wrong or inappropriate or whatever mm-hmm. uh, w- without having to in- engage in an argument mm-hmm. or or what you know having to pull out swords you know mm-hmm. and go at it or whatever. Yeah. I think discretion being the better part of valor sometimes. Yes, <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> and I know because I know I say stupid things sometimes too, <laughs> I, uh, frequently, and yeah. you know, and and that's okay. You know, you know. Again, one of my favorite sayings from the '60s is, "Where are you coming from, man?" <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. You may say or do stupid things now and then. I know I do. Yeah. But where are you coming from? Right. You know, are you, ever, are you good-hearted? Are you? Do you have good intentions? Basically. Yeah. You know. You know the fact that we're stupid fools and idiots. I mean, that just comes with the territory, right? right? You Chapter know. thirteen, because I have a body. <laughs> exactly. Right. It's okay. You know, we have to create space for our stupidity. You know, but we have to be willing to grow and learn and change too. Exactly. To be be See, at least less stupid. Yeah. See, that has to be where you're coming from. If yeah. that's not where you're coming from, see, then you, you can't be dealt with. You know, <laughs> you know, you're, you're, you're like you're almost too stupid to talk to. Yeah. You know, because all you're going to do is try to defend your position. Yeah. You know, you're not there to listen and learn. Yeah. Uh, Lao Tzu also says uh, they say in this uh, never expect something in return, and that's uh, act without mm. expectation. Mm. If you have the will to do something for others, do so without expectations. Mm-hmm. Your actions should be measured by what you receive in return. Mm-hmm. If you've done something good for others, don't expect praise. Mm. And I think that's that's something I have a hard time with. Sometimes I want a pat on the back. You know, I, you know, like uh, I want a good dog sometimes mm-hmm. from my wife <laughs> if I do something. Um, you know, if I do something I, I think was maybe thoughtful, it's nice to be recognized. But mm-hmm. but, but but you shouldn't expect that, or else you'll you'll beat yourself up asking right. for the the world to give you praise. And now, often with my clients, I actually literally have them pat themselves on the back because they're so self-critical, they're so judgmental that yeah. they never give themselves any credit for anything. Right? Oh yeah, <laughs> that's tough. Yeah, <laughs> and so that's important too. Mm-hmm. But you don't want to need excessive amounts of that from outside of yourself you know if you're doing your own thing and you are accomplishing you know the goals that are in alignment with your true nature then one should congratulate oneself for being true and authentic to your own true self yes that's that's healthy recognition mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's fine right i like that uh and then uh, we have a last one here which is have a joyful soul and I think that is the way of the the Taoist mm. too, is to have a joyful soul and uh, to have a kind of a, a way of looking at the world where you understand that maybe it's not so serious. Yes. You know, I think a yes. Taoist doesn't take life so seriously, especially if you read Changsa. Yes. And lots of his, the way he viewed the world, as I say, he always feels to me like the Mark Twain of Taoism. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's an idea of, you know... Not seeing everything is so serious and seeing that just winding up here in this existence, in this planet, in this universe uh, is a pretty crazy thing. Yes. You know, it is a, you know, a funny thing. Sometimes I'll look around and go, I'm in this skin and I'm this consciousness on this planet and with these funny arms and legs and <laughs> these weird things. And, and I, I wonder to myself, I go, do other people think that or they just... Or did they just buy in? <laughs> I, you know, because I don't know if I bought into all this. You know, I didn't choose to be here. Sometimes I think I'm not buying in. You know, but you know, one thing I can say about you, Todd, is that you have a unique sensibility about yourself. Thank you. You know, you're 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 different. Mm-hmm. 
which is great. Yeah. <laughs> the last thing you want to be is like everybody else. I guess so, right? yeah. I mean, we're all the same in one sense, mm-hmm. that we all have feelings and we all have thoughts and we all have a body and we all have desires and we all have these things. Yeah. But yours are unique to you. Yes. <laughs> and, so. you're, and you aren't going around trying to be like anyone else. You aren't yeah. going around <laughs> trying to be like someone who you're not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hopefully no. <laughs> hopefully no. <laughs> That's great. I love that. I always Thank tell you. people the last thing you want to be is, quote, normal. <laughs> right. The norm. Like everybody else. You really want to be like everybody else? No. You want to be uniquely yourself. As I always say, uh, be yourself. Everyone else is already taken. <laughs> exactly. You know. Exactly. It's also an easier way to be, I feel. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You can be, you know, you can... Uh, be a little lazier when you're yeah. just being yourself. Yeah, it's like telling the truth. You don't have to remember a bunch of lies. Oh, was it? Oh, that was uh, <laughs> Bill Maher the other night. It was in uh, uh, Bill Weld, the guy who's running for the Republican nomination against Trump or oh, whatever. He yes. goes, he mm. goes, yeah, you know, I don't lie. It you know makes it very easy to keep everything straight. <laughs> exactly. Because I'm just honest. I don't have to. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. Uh, let's see here. It was a. John Waters was on and very funny that night as well. Oh, I think you texted yes. me what John Waters was saying <laughs> yes. on the. I, I don't know if we can say what John said, but yes, yes. It was, <laughs> but it was funny. It was a PG-rated show. <laughs> uh, let's see. But here. but he was stressing the importance of reading and having books. Yes, yes. <laughs> and what should be denied to those who don't read? <laughs> Very funny man. Talk about somebody with a unique view. Oh. John Waters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He is always himself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> thank goodness. Yeah, thank God. Uh let's see here. So let's go. We've got some chapters of the Tao Te Ching to get to. Let's see. I always like this last show we do in a session. It always feels a bit, bit more laid back, you know. Uh we've got chapter forty six. When the Tao is present in the universe. The horses haul manure. When the Tao is absent from the universe, war horses are bred outside the city. There is no greater sin than desire, no greater curse than discontent, no greater misfortune than wanting something for oneself. Therefore, he who knows what is that enough is enough will always have enough. This is similar to what we were reading on the last show. Yes. But it's interesting. When the Tao is present in the universe, the horses haul manure. Uh, if not, the, the war horses are bred outside the city. Mm-hmm. So it's the idea of, I think previously we were talking on a show about how manners arise when the Tao is lost. Mm-hmm. Right? We start having codes of conduct because people don't have this natural way of being. And so mm-hmm. therefore we have to supplement that with uh, rules. You mm-hmm. know, when the Tao is present, we don't need so much authority. Mm-hmm. Um, when the Tao is present, the horses just kind of do their job and are in, are busy creating. They're hauling manure. We're, we're working a field and we're creating a bounty. Mm-hmm. When the Tao is not present, we are in conflict and uh, we are there's discord and uh, war, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so if the horses aren't hauling manure or doing, you know, giving us rides or what, whatever they nor- naturally do, then they get conscripted to doing what they unnaturally do, like like he said, war horses yeah. carrying us into war. The natural way is perverted in a <clears throat> yes. way. Yes, yeah, and 
and things being perverted is very uh, endemic also in this society. Yeah. So again, goes back to learning to appreciate what we have, knowing when enough is enough, letting go of uh, unnecessary attachments leads to a more peaceful existence. Yeah. You know, you know without the harmony of the Tao, uh, things become distorted. Yeah. And Lao Tzu saying, hey, Peace, you know, like the dude. Peace out, dude. (laughs) Peace out. (laughs) Yeah, I guess, you know, when there's that natural peace that comes when everything, when when people are following the Tao and the the teachings of Lao Tzu. Yes. Um, Let's see here. And then once again, therefore, he who knows that enough is enough will always have enough. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. Once you decide that you have enough, as long as it's a legitimate decision, you're, Mm -hmm. you're, you're basing it. Uh, on on reality, once you decide that you have enough, you you have enough. You have enough. Remember we were talking about appreciation and gratitude. Yeah. Without appreciation and gratitude for what you have, you will never feel you have enough. Yeah. Ever. I've had enough beers. That's <laughs> it. Unless it's light beer, you can drink as much light beer as you want. That's the rule. You're not an alcoholic if it's light beer. That's... At least that's what we tell ourselves. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and now we come to chapter forty-seven here, uh, which is which was quoted by the Beatles in a song called "The Inner Light." Hmm. Uh, George Harrison sang, which is, I believe, a B-side from fifty-five or sixty-five or sixty-six. Without going out of my window, I can know the ways of heaven. Mm-hmm. The farther one travels, the less one really knows. Mm. Arrive without going, be all without, be all without. I forget the lyric right there. But he took this from chapter 47 of the Tao Te Ching, mm-hmm. which is, you could go ahead and uh, read it here, Dr. Mm-hmm. Totten. Without going outside, you may know the whole world. Without looking through the window, you may see the ways of heaven. The farther you go, the less you know. Thus, the sage knows without traveling. He sees without looking. He works without doing. Hmm. Again, here Lao Tzu seems to be letting us know that, you know, we all have what we need within. You know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, about as above, so below, as within, so without. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's only when we have a sense of separation from ourselves and therefore from everything else that we have this sense of lack. Yeah. You know, that we're missing something because what we're missing is our connection to the whole, to everything that's already here. Mm-hmm. You know? And if one doesn't have that sense of appreciation, nothing is ever enough. Right. You know, you're constantly striving for more and more and more to fill what? That hole, that void that you're feeling inside. And so many people say they feel a void inside because what they're doing in their external life is so inauthentic. It's so not them. And, they, and that isn't gratifying. Yeah. It, it doesn't nurture anything. It costs rather yeah. than accruing benefit. They feel that they're losing something. They're giving something away. And so they're always in search of Something more, something different, something else. It's always something else. Never just be here now. Yeah, yeah it's saying it's kind of like the, I think I've said before, one of my favorite Alan Watts quotes is, the only Zen you find on a mountaintop is the Zen you bring with you. Mm-hmm. 
right? So you you know you, it's not necessarily that one has to travel to learn the great secrets of enlightenment. And as you've said before, uh, life is an inside job. Yes. So yes. if you know if we don't have it internally, we're not going to find it. You know, it's not going to resonate I- internally with us. So I don't think Lao Tzu here is saying be a homebody or don't leave the house or don't be curious about the world. I think he's just using a dramatic example of how. It, you know, it is inside you, and if you go within, whether you go through meditation or different practices, uh, true enlightenment is going to happen there. Um, and and it, it, it reminded me of all these guys right now, and I'm dating the show when somebody listens five years from now. Uh, <laughs> you'll know when we recorded this. But um, uh, there's all these people right now that are dying on Mount Everest, mm. right? That have been, because so many people are trying to climb the mountain. Mm. And and have this desire, and I don't think there's anything wrong with obviously doing something which is such which is a great athletic achievement. Although I'm not sure if it really is when these guys have all these Sherpas and they paid all this money <laughs> and they have all this equipment and you know. They're not, I, I'm waiting for the helicopter to take me to the summit. <laughs> right, right. And then I'll take a great selfie. Hey, hi. <laughs> but I, I wonder if the people, if it's if it's the satisfaction they think that they're going to get when they arrive there. You know what I'm saying? Or is it really when they get to the top of Mount Everest, they're like, oh my God, I feel so accomplished. I feel so great. And is it ego that is driving one to that kind of thing. Is it a noble desire or not to climb Mount Everest? Maybe it is a noble thing. I maybe I'm just projecting my own sense of, of <laughs> yeah. well, one thing, laziness on one them. One thing I do know is that we as human beings, we, we do appreciate a challenge. Yes. And climbing the world's highest mountain is, or going to the deepest depths of the ocean is, or going out into outer space. Right, going to another world, world. breaking a world record. We like to challenge ourselves, and that's one of the ways that we improve and get ahead. Right? You know, you know. Remember, there was a limit of how fast people could run a mile. Right? Yeah. And then that limit got, and people thought it's impossible to break it. But then it got broken again and again and again and again. Why? Because it could be. Yeah. Right. So there's that part of human nature. I know without any doubt is to achieve and to, if something is difficult, we like to challenge ourselves and see, can we do it? Because we, it's another way of finding out our capacity, mm. which are, often has been limited to something below that which we're truly capable of doing. Yes. Uh, and it can be misused, you know, when we talked about, toxic and even pathological masculinity, you know, where where one can become so competitive that, you know, one has to stomp everybody else into the dirt beneath our feet in order to feel like we're getting ahead. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, it it can get out of hand, but, but it also serves as kind of a, a spur to keep going, to keep trying. And, um, uh, I was at a uh, last night. I was at a uh, boys' uh, home where I'm on the board of directors, and some of the boys were, you know, standing up talking about how they had been motivated to achieve in their lives because they grew up in maybe impoverished circumstances or in neighborhoods of crime and violence and drugs and gangs and so on. Mm-hmm. But they came to this place, which is kind of a protected environment. There are wards of the court there, but people there believed in them yeah whereas people in their own neighborhoods didn't believe that they could do something other than just 
what their brother had done, their father had done, maybe their grandfather had done, right? They all took drugs. They all joined this gang. They all wind up in jail. And that's what was scripted out from for them yeah. from the very beginning. Yeah. But then they got caught. They got sent to this place, this boy's home, where they get accepted for their potential who they don't even know exist yet. Yeah. <laughs> but there are people there who can see it, can see what they can't see and believe in them. And so that type of, you know, spur towards becoming more is very healthy. Yes. Okay. Yes. It's very healthy. Mm-hmm. Particularly with people who are coming from a place where no one told them that they're okay. Yeah. That, that, that all they could do was just live within very restricted parameters and uh, their life would amount to nothing. Yeah. You know, no self-esteem. Yeah. That was, that was just accepted and, Yeah. And so I made sure I went up to, again, the two uh, young men who spoke and congratulated them for all that they uh, had done and will do in the future. Oh, that's and, great. Yeah. <laughs> so I like to encourage people to to be. And become. And become. And keep becoming. Yeah, <laughs> and keep becoming, right. Yeah, because the Tao changes every moment. And so... You know, there, there. It's like there, again, there is no ultimate destination where you say, "I'm going to go from point A to point B, and I will have arrived." <laughs> yeah. No. You can no. just decide to arrive. Yeah. No. The, the the journey is okay. What was it? The uh, the George Harrison line: uh, "Arrive without going." Yes. Yes. That's the Tao. That's the way of the Tao. Without going out of my door I can know all things on earth Without looking out of my window I can know the ways of heaven The farther one travels The less one Without looking, do all without 